We're live. Such a diva, making demands. I am. Don't. Don't do this. Don't do that. I'm hard to work with, y'all. You don't understand unless you're Jared or Matt. Or Mallory. Or Mallory. Mallory yeah. sees the worst of yeah, them. Yes, she sure. does. Our wives, man. God bless them. Yeah. I locked my keys in my car yesterday morning as I was leaving the house. I'm getting up earlier now. So Elizabeth, she brings the boys to school and Emma rides with me in the mornings. And it used to be that Emma and I would leave after Elizabeth and the boys did. But lately, because I'm getting up earlier to go work out and stuff. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Sorry. Just a little humble brag there. We're leaving the house at the same time now. And so yesterday, got up, got my bags and Emma's bags packed, thrown in the car. I've got the little remote start thing. So I started oh. my car, I unlocked it, threw our bags in, closed the door, walked back to the house, and immediately realized I just locked my keys in my car with the engine running. Oh, no. So, now, luckily, it shut off after like 15 minutes because the key wasn't in the ignition. Gotcha. I just remote. But then we sat around the house waiting two and a half hours for a locksmith to get there. And Ugh. The, the, the genesis of this story was God bless our wives because yeah. she saw the worst of me yesterday when I had locked my thermos full of coffee and my keys oh, no. in my car. Even worse. <laughs> Favorite Leslie Nielsen joke, by the way, R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's from some old movie. I don't even know what it is. But when he passed away, someone shared this on Twitter. Uh, he he like walks into a room and like the bad guy presumably or whatever looks at him and says who are you who are you and how'd you get in here and he goes I'm a locksmith and I'm a locksmith yeah. <laughs> so great uh, Naked Gun right I don't think it was Naked no? Gun I think it was older it was when he was a younger man the, the most well known though is when he's on, on airplane and they say doctor Shirley you must be kidding I'm not kidding and don't call me Shirley Leslie Nielsen man Leslie Nielsen R.I.P. Rest in peace, Leslie. Genius how'd you like to be a time. How'd you like to be a boy named Leslie? It's tough. Are there any other famous men named Leslie? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Well, yes, there are. Well, I'm not going to give you examples. I'm just going to leave it there. All right. Well, let's get started. So, speaking of getting up early, let's let's banter before let's do a mini episode before we do the real episode. So. Have you read any of these blogs about these people who get up insanely early? Or do you ever fall into that YouTube wormhole about how to maximize your day, getting up before everybody else? You know, one of the weird things in ministry, everybody, the CEO model, everybody, you know, John Maxwell, all these leadership gurus and a lot of the business people like Steve Jobs and of course he's dead too, but RIP. So yeah, all, all of these guys, a lot of them have insane hours. Like right. they get up between the hours of like three to five right. in the morning. Um, and I stumbled across Ronnie Floyd, who not, I mean, when I say a blog by Ronnie Floyd, not, hey, Ronnie, I what saw, are you doing, I stumbled man? upon him. <laughs> yeah, I tripped and fell and I looked up and there's Ronnie Floyd. He was, was laying the on the sidewalk. Ever. What are you doing, Ronnie? So uh, he said, I had to take a nap because I get up so freaking early. <laughs> uh, can I say that? Okay. Yeah, so uh, Ronnie Floyd apparently gets up every day at like 3.30 a.m. With, I wonder what time he goes to bed at night. Um, I think he said seven, by eight, 10 or 10 30. No, like really? he, he, so that freaks me out because I don't do well. I've got to get my eight hours or I'm, I'm not easy to be with. Um, so it's difficult. See, I don't get eight hours a night though. I sleep in shifts. I sleep for about three hours and then I'm up two or three hours and I sleep another two or three hours. Yeah. So I, I get like six hours a night, but it's split. Oh, that's tough. It's been that way for like 15 years now. That's insane. Yeah, it's not easy. I guess I could be, maybe I should read a Maxwell book in those three hours that I'm awake. That's night. right. Then you'd figure out how to do it. Dang. 
Well, it is it is interesting time. because I do I do feel good when I get up early. Ironically, listeners can probably tell that I'm a little bit under the weather recording this podcast, and it's funny because Sunday I woke up at about four fifteen. And I thought, I'm going to get up and study my sermon. I tossed and turned for a while. I was like, man, forget it. I'm going to get up. So I get up and grab my Bible and stuff and start studying. And then I got real, you know, the sickness came on Sunday night. And I couldn't help but think, is was my immune system weakened? Because I only slept four or five hours that yeah. night. And so uh, all that to say, forget what all the experts say. Listen to Jared and Rusty. Sleep in, man. Sleep in. <laughs> no, I think more than it's just figure out what works for you. Uh, we say that a lot in different topics but no i want to be didactic here i want to tell our listeners okay. exactly what well, they need no, to do never mind then let's draw a hard line in the sand and dare you to cross it listeners no you just got to figure out what schedule works for you as long as you're not being lazy or wasteful or slothful like be be uh what's the word we used a couple weeks ago disciplined <laughs> yeah be disciplined have a routine have a schedule but figure out what works for you and then do it i think that's so, the better point Losing weight is difficult. Can we just say that real quick? Man, we're jumping all over the place today. Yeah, well, here's here's why. Okay. It does seem random. I just received a text message. Hey, 99 cents medium chili cheese tots or fries at Sonic. And it was from a lady at our church. Not <laughs> so I don't know what that says about me that somebody from our church literally just uh called well, tots, and said, tots ordinarily are more than 99 cents yeah. you had chili and cheese i mean that's that's got to be a deal it's a heck of a deal, deal. Well, and tots are a little bit more of the natural product you but know? we've both been doing pretty good we deserve a little cheap snack yeah maybe we'll leave here and go get you've talked me into it well well thanks for listening this week to the hour a week podcast what well, just happened we're gonna go get some cheese tots remember how you said i like when we don't screw up and i don't have to edit a lot Well, hello, everybody. I'm Jared Hollier. He's Rusty Mott. Yeah. This is One Hour a Week, a 30-minute ministry podcast brought to you every week by... We don't have a sponsor. If you'd like to be a sponsor, send us a tweet or an email. We take Insert it. sponsor drop here. <laughs> brought to you by Pat Overstreet. Is this Pato? That's his Twitter handle. You can follow him there. Hey, we're glad y'all are listening. We appreciate you listening every week. Um... So we're going to keep on doing it. As long as y'all keep listening, we'll keep recording. And so the the week that we wake up and realize we have zero listens, that's when we're shutting it down. Don't say that because that might be this week. This hey, may be the week. Before we dive into the talk, since we've already been all over the map, have you been keeping up with Kanye on Twitter? Yeezy? Yeah. Yeah. You need, if you haven't, folks, if you have not been following Kanye West on Twitter, he's had some sort of conservative politics revelation. Uh he he keeps talking about how he's climbed out of the dark place. I think that's what he called it. Climbed out of the dark place. And he's it's a fun follow right now. He's gone conservative. Fan. Agree or disagree with him. It's it's a fun follow. There's a, a fun ride happening and you need to get on board. Jesus walks. <laughs> so uh, it was somebody tw- tweeted out because uh, it's probably 10 years ago or so. Uh, yeah, because I think it was when Hurricane Katrina had hit New Orleans and they were doing like an MTV fundraiser. And there's that video of Mike Myers and Kanye West on MTV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Mike Myers does this whole heartfelt setup, and then Kanye just yells, George Bush does not care about black people. Yeah. <laughs> so now people are taking that clip and saying, Kanye West does not care about black people. Which just shows how crazy we are. Like he's, 
What a world. What a world. It's a fun ride. So Again. speaking of uh, ups and downs and moodiness of celebrities. <laughs> That's a hard segue. But go ahead. No, that was smooth, man. You're welcome. That is the radio gold that I bring to this broadcast. Do you understand? Go for it. You hear me, fam? I just want to All talk right. 20 more minutes about Kanye West. Yeah, the episode will just be called Kanye. <laughs> so what's your favorite album? Was it Graduation or Dropout? Um, anywho... And by the way, it was graduation. That was good stuff. Stronger. I think Some, I think his best solid. album is yet to be made. Champion. I'm eager to see what he makes out of this little The Good Life. The Good Life, man. Riding. That was the good life is legit. You were saying. Oh, sorry. I got off my segue. Back on my segue. That was so smooth and convenient and slipped right into our topic of conversation today we want to talk about ministry moods Ooh. Uh, now you are talking to and listening to actually uh, you may talk back to us that's okay but you are listening to a couple of people who you know i hate to say it but we have been characterized in the past as moody true story not matt moody um, minister out. of music at first baptist Hempill, but we've been characterized as moody not scott moody no dr scott moody professor professor of preaching are they related no, I don't think so. Okay. Um, not Chris Moody. Not D.L. Moody. Okay, anyways. But we have been characterized as having the ups and downs. Uh, but, you know, I think that's just because people know us well. And, yeah, we... we I, okay, I'll own that a little bit. But what I'm saying is I think all ministries and all ministry leaders, whether you're a lay leader or a vocational ministry leader, there are ups and downs of ministries that if you're not careful, you will literally live a, a life of ups and downs. And if you ride that wave all the time, you're going to have some highs, but you're going to have some lows. Yeah, what a beating too it is just to be tossed around by by moodiness, by the different seasons. If you don't, if it's it's fun that you can plan for some of them, we can anticipate some of them. Yeah. Some of them sneak up on us. And so let's let's start with kind of some of the ones that we can expect. What are and we're not talking about ministers personally. Uh, we're talking kind of ministries church-wide. Like there's some that we just, we can anticipate and plan for and we know that these moods and these seasons are coming, for example. Well, I, I would say, again, we've talked about this, but I do ebb and flow based on how good the church is perceived to be doing. So we, everybody knows Easter's a big day, right? Mm -hmm. And we talked about it. Easter was nuts at Cornerstone this year. I'm thankful for that. But I started spiritually preparing myself for Sunday when there were, you know, a really small crowd. Sunday was the Sunday after spring break for us. And it was a, just a smaller crowd than we've had in a while. And I just always, just immediately, because I know that when you have that high, that when the low starts to creep in, that a lot of times, again, I ride that wave. So the low for me are those periods of time throughout the year where attendance seems to be really low. So when you're expecting it to be low, like the yes. weekend of spring holiday break. times, um, yeah. you know, uh, summer Memorial Day weekend, yes, yeah. uh, lake weekends where it's just big to go to the lake, um, and the holidays for us, we're not really a coming home type of church, you know. Yeah, we have we have some grandmas and grandpas, but most people go somewhere for the holidays at our church. So those seasons for me, I know they're going to be low. So I literally have to just kind of prepare my heart for experiencing that and not completely going crazy. So if that's the lows for us. If you set the bar low, then maybe you'll be pleasantly surprised. There's probably only going to be 10 people here today. And then 50 show up and you're like, all right. That's right. I love the, uh, I love summer around church. I love the, the busyness and the activities and kind of the casualness. 
and it seems like there's always more people dropping in and more kids and students just kind of dropping by the office. So I love kind of the buzz and the excitement of summer. Uh, we don't do Bible school during the summer anymore here. We, we do a winter Bible school on Sundays in February. But, uh, but when we used to do Bible school here, I loved... I have a love-hate relationship with, with Vacation Bible School. We talked about that before, that it is stressful and hectic, but I like when there's, you know, on a on a Tuesday morning, extra people hanging around the church. Yeah, it's just kind sure. of an exciting, relaxed, casual atmosphere. So I love the buzz and the excitement of, of summer activities going on. That's a good mood. That's a good ministry mood. So what about the week after VBS? What about it? Is that a good week for you too? Uh, then it's like, oh, we got to clean all this junk up. <laughs> right. <laughs> True story. We... Uh, uh, we may have talked about this, but last year we blasted confetti cannons over the kids on the last day is like a huge crescendo. What a great idea. It looked like an epic concert. Uh-huh. It was really like- is Miley Cyrus here? I'm, I'm not going to lie. I literally teared up when we did it because it worked <laughs> out. You know, like, you know, yeah. I love it when a plan comes together. It was beautiful. It was a cool moment. Kids freaking out, confetti. We had eight of them and mm-hmm. secretly kind of surrounded the kids and at the crescendo of the song, pow, and it, it was like being at a concert, man. It's nuts. But uh, literally last week, there was some confetti that those cannons are pretty serious, man. It shot up into ceiling tiles and got stuck there. It's still there. And they were there until last week. And I was a little bit sad to take them down because that was such an epic moment. <laughs> yeah. But for me, the week after VBS is always tough because VBS gets huge amounts of support yeah. and a lot of help. But as soon as VBS is over, Cornerstone kind of becomes a ghost town yeah, well, for I mean, several the, weeks. The church down the road is doing their VBS. And so all yeah. the kids that came to ours, now they're going to somebody else's. Yeah. Camp's kind of the same way. Uh, I'm, this year, I'm, I've, I've preached the SMBA camps the past couple of years. This year, I'm helping plan it and organize it. So I feel the same way the weekend after youth camp. You go and it's exciting and it's awesome. And you come home and there's kind of that camp crash after the camp pie comes the camp crash yeah. and so again just another one that you can anticipate uh i mean and, and everybody you know different churches have different events you know i think about uh, some churches have we know we know every year this week is going to be revival week or we have this big banquet happening this weekend the same time every year or you know like you were saying there's holiday weekends and spring breaks and stuff and so some of those we can anticipate sometimes we get blindsided by moods in the church and just like we need to be personally prepared for those things to happen, uh, or rather prepared for those things to happen to us personally. We need to, here's what I'm trying to say. Say it, man. Just say what you need to say. <laughs> Is that a John Mayer song? Got to repeat it eight times, but yeah. You can go ahead while I'm collecting my thoughts. Say what you need. No, I'm kidding. Like if if we personally kind of ride the wave of emotion uh, from high to low, and, and it when we get blindsided as a church by something, uh, good or bad, like that can that can do damage to a church body. I mean, if we're if we're kind of emotionally shallow, I guess is what I'm trying to say that we're just kind yeah. of ride the wave of whatever's happening. If something happens in our church, good or bad, um, I mean that can that can have pretty far reaching implications in a church body. Yeah, I think so. I, I think one of the things we have to do is kind of what we are just doing as an exercise here. As you can tell, we're kind of just thinking this through as we talk to you guys, but. I think naming those seasons and identifying what those are in your life are helpful. Yeah, I know that a few years ago when I wrote a blog post about kind of dealing with some depression stuff, I kind of realized a season was associated with that. So I wrote that blog post, man, I was at a real low point. I was really, really struggling bad and wrote that blog post and, you know, and realized how, how many other people are struggling with yeah. the same type of thing. But then about a year later, 
I was I was in the lowest of lows again, and like on a Facebook memory, you shared this a year ago, and I was <laughs> you were like, sad a year ago. Yes, essentially, and I was like, wait a second, and I realized it was that season of ministry for me. Yeah. It actually, I I'll tell you, it's like Octoberish, mm-hmm. early October, and I linked it. Of course, you know my depression. Again, this is how you know you're a workaholic. I linked it back to I, I can see it happening after. Um, summertime kind of being low, what you kind of tell yourself is, well, I mean, school, get back, everybody will start coming back to church. Well, I've realized that our life is not like that anymore. Mm-hmm. We we don't really have those high seasons in the church like we used to. So now, you know, I think every year I'm thinking, well, our numbers are going to go up when the fall gets here, and then they don't. And then that's when you, <laughs> you start know? feeling... And then I start to think, well, what are we doing? Yeah. You know, so every year around that time, I struggle. So since noticing that, I, I can just kind of guard against that. So what are those seasons in your life? And that's what we all need to kind of think about and, and just be prepared going in. Don't just, that way it helps us avoid being blindsided by these seasons if we're able to kind of name them and identify the triggers, if you will, that lead us to uh, those seasons. But also realizing that that's what they are. They are seasons and seasons change. And so when things are great and we're just, I mean, gangbusters and blowing and going and, you know, having to bring in chairs, like, and everybody's excited and buzzing. Like we, we can. It's okay for us to say, "Hey, you know, let's. This is great. And this is good. But let's slow your roll." Exactly. And then when things are bad and and we're depressed and the congregation's lethargic and things aren't going well, speed up your roll. <laughs> we can say, "This is just as." I mean, that's read through the Book of Psalms. That's one of the great things about the Book of Psalms is there's places in the Psalms where David goes from. God, you're so great. You're so awesome. Everything's wonderful. It's just rolling around on his bed saying, God is so great. And then you turn the page and he's rolling around in his bed crying, saying, God, yeah. why have you left me? You've counted every one of my tears. That yeah, you've collected them in a pillow. jar. What? And so uh, and we talked last week, I think, about Elijah, who goes from the mountaintop, slaughtering the prophets of Baal, calling fire down from heaven, to hiding in a cave, being afraid for his own life. And so, it's yeah, it's helpful, too, to remember that they are just their seasons. This too shall pass, uh, which might be... I don't want it to sound discouraging. You know, even the best seasons are going to pass, but you're not going to be awesome forever. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Oh, there you go. Should we just stop it right there? Drop the mic? No, no, no. Too okay. soon. Sorry. Too soon. Um, Pick the mic back up. <laughs> slow your roll. So yeah, we, we need to be prepared that everything everything's a season, right? Good, bad, uh, church-wide, personally, it's it's all a season. Every rose has its thorn. You're singing a lot today for a sick guy. Yeah, I know. That's what's great about it. Uh, the day that I actually can't sing well at all is the day I'm just bringing the full karaoke. I to like the... when you have just a little bit of a cold and you can sing like a really rich baritone. Well, yeah. I mean, that uh, was that. I'm, I'm wearing the headphones. That had a good tone to it. I even good? got a little did grunge you? to it. Oh. You know, of course, it's from Flem, but uh, <laughs> it could sound just like I have that kind of voice. I could pull off a pretty epic Michael W. Smith right now just just because of the phlegm. Just because of the, the richness of the phlegm in your voice. True story. I'm supposed to do a 45-minute set at the Cornerstone Coffee Shop Saturday, Saturday night. night yeah. So we'll see how that turns out. Well, uh, this podcast will come out after that's over, yeah. so we can't plug so, it. Yeah, we're not plugging it. So. So. so just know that uh, at the coffee shop it will be – Rather than, hey, this guy really is talented, it'll be like, I get why he's just doing a local corner store. Friends are fr- <laughs> forever. <clears throat> so, but Rusty, regarding your cold, this too shall pass. And you know what? I'm going to weep 
in my pillow Saturday night mm. after I suck at the Cornerstone Coffee Shop. Mm, you're not going to suck. You're going to be great. I have no it's gonna doubt be crazy. about it. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. I am grateful, though, for... Uh, man, we got way off there, didn't we? It's uh, all good. I, I am grateful for some of the folks in our church who are perceptive enough and plugged in enough to recognize when we when we are having the the good or the bad. Like, I'm just grateful for a church family that kind of goes through that together, which... you know, I, I was listening back to last week's episode and talking about how many we run on Sunday mornings, but y- you know that what you run on Sunday mornings is not really your core group. Yeah. Of And so um, I just think as we're sitting here talking about these seasons, I'm thinking about like specific things that I've gone through personally and that we've gone through as a church family and just grateful for the people who kind of walk through those things together year after year. Uh, we're, we're having an ongoing conversation in our church right now just about generational ministry and kind of we're, we're trying to be more intentional about getting crossover between our adults and our students and our kids um i even said from the pulpit to our adults uh, in an adult bible study last week like we need you to know the names of the youth and the children in our church we need y'all and so our adults have been texting me this week with ideas about hey our sunday school class wants to host a kids night like we want to invite them over to our houses and play games and have a swimming party and and hang out with them and so I think back to my own, you know, coming up through the youth group, the couples who were like the volunteer leaders in our youth group and just all the stuff that we've been through as a church family. You know, I I don't know if everybody knows this, but I'm serving at the church I grew up in. So I, I grew up in this church. I left and went to college. I worked at a couple of different churches. I pastored in Jasper for seven years and I came back here. That's a whole nother episode, but yeah, that's some interesting. Yeah. And so, stuff. and there's, so there's people here that I grew up with as a kid and now I'm back serving as their pastor but just just grateful to have walked through good and bad, you know, births and deaths and weddings and funerals and just walking through, and, and even as a church family, growth and decline and money's great and money is tight and VBS records and where's everybody at, just walking through all that. Like there's a depth to the relationships when people walk through all those seasons together that yeah. you can't, you can't just, what's the word? I'm, you can't fabricate it. You can't make that and create that. It's just something that happens over time. Yeah. as you plug in, you know, live life with each other. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so, you know, all of this goes back to what we have preached a lot on this podcast, and that's how do you measure success? What is it that you look for for your joy? Um, because I think the goal of the Christian life is to be steadfast. You said you're starting a series in James. Probably yeah. you're going to get that in the next couple of weeks. But not to be tossed to and fro by every wave that comes in life, yeah. but to be steadfast like Jesus is steadfast. And so I think measuring those right things, like seeing how's discipleship going, man, this guy's really growing, having those things in your life that you can point to and say, man, brother so-and-so has just transformed over the last five years and he's still growing. And just being able to point at different mile markers along the way and see how God has been faithful and to rely on his faithfulness and what he's doing to understand that all of the window dressing around that doesn't have to be there for you to be happy and to uh, feel content in your ministry. I was thinking about Jesus took his disciple, you know, took those three up on the mountain when he was transfigured and Peter said, oh, it's good for us to be here. Let's just stay up here on this mountain forever. And Jesus said no, and they walked down from the top of the mountain and then fast forward in the Gospels and Jesus was crucified and killed and buried in the ground and everybody was weeping and crying and just a few days later, Jesus stood up and got out of the grave. And so it's all gonna come back to to Jesus being okay 
whether you're super high, super low, it's all gonna it's all gonna even out, and Jesus is gonna be still awesome. So, all of these things we've talked about are super true and, and great, but I want us to kind of talk practically for a second as we kind of wrap this thing up. Mm-hmm. Things that we try to do in those low seasons to turn the low into a positive. So, for example, for me, summertime this year. Summer is pretty slow at Cornerstone. I'm not the youth guy, so I don't hand, I don't spend time with the youth really yeah. a whole lot. I mean, I do, but I don't, you know. So so for me as the pastor, it's a pretty slow season. Attendance is low. Wednesday nights, we'll just have a handful of folks. Uh, Sunday mornings even, we'll have a pretty good dip Summer in attendance. Summer slump is real. Yes. So what I've kind of done in my head and my heart is just said, God, thank you. I kind of need a slower season. Yeah. Right? So... Uh, I'm going to kind of try to spend some more time reading and more time studying, spend some more time with my family and hang out and do some things. And we're bringing on uh, Reed Hawthorne to be a ministry intern. So spend some time investing in a young guy who's anxious and eager to learn. So time that I won't have to be spending running around the world doing things will be spent investing in kingdom work. So taking what can be perceived as a negative and turning that into a positive, I think is helpful. So when a season is slower, instead of being discouraged, enjoy it. Because guess what? There will be a high coming again. Yeah, there will a be a day season. where you've got four or five big events in a couple weeks. And those seasons, you're going to be thankful that you kind of took the slow times because they, they make the highs a lot better when you've had the slow time, for one, just experientially, but also just physically, emotionally, spiritually. Catch up, rest up, uh, prepare Take some time to dream about what the next semester or next quadrant of your calendar is going to look like. Quadrant? Yeah. Is that the word? It's the word. All right. Uh, Brother Paul, a couple weeks ago we were talking, he's our senior pastor here at Pecan Acres. He was talking about, um, he's been here at Pecan Acres as the pastor for 35 years, I think it was. And he was telling me a couple of weeks ago that before he came here, he had about a year where he wasn't pastoring, where he was working an oil field job and his wife was working um, as a secretary at a, a vacuum truck service, I think. And so we were just talking about that year. He had been at a church before that and he took a year off from ministry and got that job and his wife had that. But he was telling me that very, what you just said. He said, I really think that God gave us that year off because he knew we were going to have a long haul here at Pecan Acres. 35 years is a long run. A long anywhere. Run. And so to be at one church, and so he was saying that very thing. He said, I think the Lord gave us a year off to, to get our finances straight, to get our minds straight, to get just to get some rest and to get prepared because now we've been on a long trip. So uh, it could be also that those slow seasons are preparing you for, for something you're about to tackle in the future. So yeah, don't, don't fill up the slow seasons with busyness. Don't panic and think, oh, I got to do something. It's no, nah, enjoy it, rest, prepare, get up, summer intern, Named Reed and <laughs> pour into his life for a little while. You can't have Reed. Oh, man. So if you're moody like us, uh, maybe evaluate that and get get off the waves, all right? Stop riding the waves. Stop trying to do the ups and downs. Instead, just walk with Jesus, and you'll discover, as the old song says, the God of the mountain is still God in the valley. Amen. And he's God Amen. all. <laughs> Amen. He's, he's God all the time, and we've got him. And just like you said earlier, he's enough, more than enough, and abundant joy is found in just walking with him. Yeah, he's not a moody God. Yeah. Thank goodness, because I am a moody preacher. Not Scott Moody. No, not D.L. Moody. 
Not Chris Moody. Who's the other one we mentioned? We're just dropping all the Moody's. Matt Moody. Matt Moody. Matt Moody's the other one. So shout out to all our Moody friends. All of our Moody listeners. By name or by demeanor. There you go. We love you all. Drop the mic. <laughs>